Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and today is another edition of What's Happened in Magland. We're just going to kind of go through the headlines, the various beats, try and talk about you know what's going on around CSU athletics, maybe hit a few talking points that we don't get to on the normal days, talk about some of the Olympic sports, including one CSU student-athlete who qualified for Team Canada to compete in Tokyo in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff today. Uh, before we dive into all of that, just briefly going to kind of talk about what happened in you know the sports world outside of CSU yesterday. You know the home run derby in, in Denver was absolutely epic. Had some news from Stephen A. Smith. Had a really poor take on Shohei Atani, and uh, Team USA men's basketball dropped another exhibition. So a lot happening in the sports world in Fort Collins and beyond. Really looking forward to jumping into all of this stuff. Before we get started, gotta shout out the homies over at Chevalier Mortgage. You guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, especially in Colorado, it's crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden on this extremely difficult process. They're gonna alleviate so much stress, they're gonna take that worry off of your plate. Their ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with so many different products to find the right fit for you. They just want their borrowers to know who they're working with, not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will just take the burden off of you so you, they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. Mike and Virginia, they're proud DNVR members, they're CSU alumni. They're going to work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Right now, they actually have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're a little more old school, you want to talk to somebody on the phone directly, that's all right. Give my guy Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Tell them Justin from DNVR Ram sent you. Again, you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. Like I said, coming off of a really epic home run derby at Coors Field last night, not gonna lie, it, it killed me to not be there. That's, you know, my entire life I've been a baseball fan. I, I've talked about it from time to time. We don't typically get that much into the baseball conversation here on the DNVR Rams podcast just because, you know, obviously CSU doesn't have a Division One team. So, you know, we don't have guys in the major leagues or anything like that. I, I really do wish that CU and CSU had D1 teams. It's unfortunate that it's worked out that way, but it's kind of a Title IX issue um, and a you know resources issue, not to mention it's pretty tough to put together a college season given the, the weather that happens here in Colorado in the spring. Um, all of that aside, though, I, I am a big baseball fan. I am a big Rockies fan, despite the fact that they're like the most incompetent team in all of baseball. 
Um, but I just, I really wish I could have been there. It, it seemed like the atmosphere was incredible. He had like 49,000 people packed in Coors. Obviously one of the, the most beautiful ballparks in the country and an atmosphere where the balls just fly. And, and that's what they did last night. It was really, really competitive. I mean, each, you had so many different guys going 20 plus and you don't really see that on a typical year. And obviously, you know, being at Coors Field, Coors, and, you know, not putting the balls in the humidor and it was a hot night. It was unsurprising that they were flying the way that they were, but I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I think top to bottom, it was just really entertaining. None of the favorites advanced out of the first round, which was kind of crazy. A little bit disappointing that Shohei Otani didn't make it a little further than he did, but he had a great showing. I mean, he started really slow, only hit one home run in the first minute, and then ended up still getting to 22 to Taiwan Soto, who also put on a show. It was just, it was insane. I can't imagine what type of a pressure Shohei must be under. I mean, at this point, you know, he's kind of the face of baseball this season. He's must-see TV at, at every at-bat. Obviously, he was the heavy betting favorite. And there's just so much pressure on him to live up to the hype. We see that sometimes. These sluggers, they come into the derby. They're trying so hard, and they overswing. He was really trying to pull the ball, and he just kind of struggled. But that guy's swing, man, you could just see every now and then when he would just let loose and swing. It's just effortless. He has that that kind of pop you just can't really teach. I mean, that dude, I genuinely think he could hit a ball out of Coors Field if you give him, I don't maybe like two days, you know, two days of BP, just get used to it. I, I think he could hit one over the party deck. I don't think it's that that out of the picture, which is kind of crazy when you think about how far that really is. You know, by this point, you know, most of you, you probably heard Stephen A. Smith's comments on Shohei Otani on first take yesterday. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. I, I did tweet about it. They were bad. They were xenophobic. They were racist. It was, it was a really bad look. It's been a tough look for ESPN these last couple of weeks. They've just had some really poor and ignorant takes. I mean, part of the problem is, is ESPN has fully dove into this hot take, you know, clickbait type culture. Everything that they do is to try and drive up engagement. And that's why people like Stephen A. Smith are as popular as he is. He's very good at his job. This is not me coming on here and being like, Stephen A's tired or, or terrible. You know, he needs to be canceled. And But I will say, most people that said what he said, which is that Shohei Otani being the face of baseball is bad. It won't progress the sport because he can't speak English and need it needs an interpreter. Most people that, you know, would have said that would probably lose their jobs over it. And rightfully so, because like I said, it's just it's xenophobic. It's ignorant. It's. It's just a bad, bad take, especially in 2021. The thing that's crazy to me about that is that wasn't like an off-the-cusp the type conversation. That, you know, that was a pre-approved segment. They talked about that with producers, and and nobody had the wherewithal to come forward and be like, uh, maybe we shouldn't put this take on national TV. I don't know. I mean, that's that's basically all there is to say about the situation. I will say, anybody that's an aspiring content creator out there, and I, it's a, it's a tightrope balance, man. You can just be going, and all of a sudden you say something, and you're like, ooh, I don't know if that's going to to play over well, but it's a good reminder for anybody that wants to be a content creator that wants to have a platform where others follow them that it's not, it's not always the best scenario just to come out with a, 
hot take or something that's going to drive up an engagement. You don't have to have this out there take on everything, despite the fact that, you know, first take and undisputed and these shows on FS1, the Colin Coward type shows make it seem like that's the only way to be successful. It's not. It, it really isn't. Obviously, these guys, they make a lot of money. They're, they're good at what they do. But, you know, they also say a lot of really dumb shit. And Stephen A. Smith did it yesterday, man. He, he stepped in it with this one. Anyways, you know, ignorant comments aside, it was a cool day for Major League Baseball as a baseball fan. I think it's awesome to have somebody like Shohei Otani, somebody who's organically been, you know, adopted by the fans. Everybody loves this guy because he he's insane. I mean, he hits just absolute moonshots and he throws 100 miles per hour. I mean, I'm actually going to watch the MLB All-Star Game. I mean, I watch it every year, but I'm really excited to watch it this year. Genuinely intrigued about the outcome because I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see if Otani can strike out the side and maybe hit a ball to the party deck. I mean, this guy is awesome. He's so good for the sport. I I, I don't know. I, I just hope we don't see more dumb takes like that in the future because it's, it's just silly. I mean, anybody that's around this guy can tell he's a, he's a superstar in the making. If he's not already one, I think he, it's safe to say he already is. And to say that he's not marketable because he doesn't speak English. That's so dumb. Like he's marketable because he's doing things that haven't been done by anyone basically ever. I mean, it's unprecedented what he's doing. Babe Ruth type stuff, but doing it against modern pitching where they all throw a hundred miles per hour. It's wild absolutely wild there's a legitimate conversation if otani keeps this up for multiple seasons where you know he might be the most skilled baseball player to ever play if we're talking about everything that he does well i mean we don't get to watch him play defense but i'm willing to bet he's a pretty good and you know fielder too just based on his general level of athleticism this guy's amazing he's absolutely amazing he lived up to the hype in the home run derby despite you know getting eliminated that's just everyone was good last night i mean pete alonzo what a show. This dude's just got insane pop. Watching the ball come off his bat versus everyone else, it was effortless. Like, even in the finals, where you should be absolutely exhausted, this dude's just blasting balls to left field like it's nothing. And it was such a crazy situation because you sit there and, and you want to root for a guy like Pete Alonzo, whose base salary is $600,000. I know, I mean, compared to what I make, that's insane money. But in the context of baseball, obviously not very much. He made a million just for winning the home run derby. He made more in that one event than he makes for the rest of the season. But you you find yourself almost not rooting for him despite the excitement that he's putting out there because Trey Mancini, a guy who's a year ago had stage three colon cancer, and he's out there putting on a show too, man. It was just a fun night between Mancini and Alonzo, Shohei Atani. I mean, Juan Soto, this dude's 22 years old. And he's hitting the ball like 510 feet. <laughs> Just crazy. Just crazy. As a Rockies fan, it was fun to see Trevor Story perform well. You know, 20 home runs is the most by any Rocky ever in a home run derby. Past Larry Walker's total of 19 and 98. It was cool. It was cool that Trevor got to have his moment. I can't imagine he's going to be a Rocky a whole lot longer. So hopefully he gets traded to a team that I can continue to root for him on. Nolan being on the Cardinals makes me feel weird. Makes me feel weird. Got tongue tied there because I can't stand St. Louis. It's a great baseball town, obviously, with a proud, proud history. But their fans are just so annoying. 
If you're a Cardinals fan, I'm sorry. You know you guys are, though. I think you guys get it. You guys are a bit much. Just a bit much. But, yeah, just a fun night. Fun night for baseball. Fun night for the Home Run Derby. Interested to see, you know, how this all plays out in, in the All-Star game on, on Tuesday night. Cool, cool, cool. I am going to move on and, and talk about CSU stuff, I promise. Very briefly, though, just before we get into all that, I did want to talk about Team USA the men's basketball who dropped another exhibition. They lost to Australia on Monday night after losing to Nigeria a couple of nights before. The reaction, especially from people that don't really follow the game on a global basis, has been predictable. You know, it's been a lot of memes. It's been a lot of, you know, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. The one thing I do want to throw out there, guys, basketball, it's an it's a global game. The days of the Team USA just, you know, throwing their shoes on and, and rolling out on the court and beating the brakes off somebody by 60, those days are over. All of these teams have NBA talent. Nigeria had like nine NBA players on their roster, and you're seeing just ridiculous takes from Barstool KFC or whatever the hell his name is, you know, making jokes like, does Nigeria even have food? One, fuck that guy. I'm sorry. I try not to talk trash about people. Excuse my language. That was so racist. It was so lame. That guy, he's just a loser. He's a total loser. And this isn't like an anti-Barstool rant. I'm talking about that guy specifically. Bragged about not washing his hands a couple of months ago. Like, just an absolute clown. So I'm not surprised that he had a garbage take, I guess is what I'm saying. But I... You know, like, it's not surprising that Team USA is not necessarily dominating these exhibitions. All these NBA guys are coming off of basically playing, you know, between the bubble and and this past season. You know, they're coming off of playing a season and a half in the time that they normally play one season. They're tired. We're missing some of our best players. I mean, that's not a perfect excuse because there's still plenty of talent on this Team USA roster between, you know, Lillard and, and Katie and... Tatum and all these guys like these guys can ball and they're going to be fine come Olympic time. But I just think it think it's crazy that everyone's so shocked that on a global level, the sport is improving. It's growing. A lot of countries are getting better at basketball. This is only going to continue to happen as we progress. And that's cool. It's good for the game. You know why it's fun to watch Team USA and hockey? Because, you know, those games against Canada, against Finland, against Sweden, they're going to be epic. Do you want to turn on Team USA basketball and just know they're going to win by 90 every game? I don't want to watch that. That's not entertaining. I think it's good that they're, you know, getting some competition out there that we're seeing other countries push them to their limits. Team USA is going to have to elevate it. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to prove it. They can't just roll out there and, and win with talent alone. It's going to take effort. It's going to take cohesion and quality team basketball. And I'm interested to see how they how they respond. But I just... I found the reaction to some of this very, very odd, especially given just the state of the game. I mean, look at the NBA right now. Look at the amount of international superstars that have completely taken over. I think there's an argument that two of the best five players in the NBA in Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, they're international players. So why are we surprised when international teams are, are competing with the U.S.? It just it doesn't make sense to me. All right, that's my two cents on the situation. That's me talking about sports on... A national level on now, I promise I will dive into uh, the content that you guys are all here for. And that, of course, is what's happening in Agland. Before we do, DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top rated sportsbook. 
I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. All you gotta do, pick either basketball team that's still in contention, Milwaukee or Phoenix, bet $1. If that team wins, you win $150 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, UFC, you name it, they have it all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choosing. If they win their next game, you're going to claim $150 in free credits. Again, that's with the promo code DNVR at sign up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out our friends over at Solace Meds. That's right, we partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins for my Ram fam, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. The entire month of July, they have some absolutely banging deals they had an insane sale for the 4th of July where you were able to buy three, get your fourth product for 10 cents. They had a concentrate sale on July 10th. If you miss those, that's okay because for the rest of the month, you can get 25% off of all WANA products, 20% off of the Open Cured Resin Cartridges, all Green Dot Concentrates are 20% off, 111 Rosin Cones are 20% off. The deals are immaculate. If you head into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. On top of that, you're gonna get 20% off your entire order. That is at the Wheat Ridge location where you can get a free King Cone or Solace Bar, but you can get 20% off of your entire order at any of the locations with the code DNVR20 at checkout. Solace Meds, they make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, view their menu, order online, pick up at your convenience at solacemeds.com. And again, make sure you use that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire order. Cool, cool, cool. Just briefly, before we jump into what's happening in Agland, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. We've got the MLB All-Star Game tonight. And surprisingly, at least to me, the American League are underdogs. You can get them at plus 100. And, you know, in my life, the American League has really dominated this event. They've got some of the best power hitters. I mean, the NL's got some talent too, but I don't know. The AL in Coors Field, it just feels like that's that's a great deal at plus 100. So that's what I'm going with. The AL to win the All-Star Game at plus money, at plus 100. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in, baby. All right, finally, CSU stuff. Only almost 20 minutes in. Let's start, out, let's start with Eric Hamer, who was... Named the Nye Trophy winner, which is given to the most outstanding male athlete. It is the second consecutive season in which he was awarded it. He is the fifth Ram ever to win the award twice and the fourth to do it in back-to-back years. Hamer, I mean, if you follow this podcast, you know it. He is the GOAT. 
He concluded his CSU career with Mountain West titles in the 10,000-meter and 5,000-meter races, was named the Mountain West Outdoor Male Athlete of the Year, and he helped lead the men's outdoor team to another championship. In the indoor season, he was the national runner-up in the 5,000 meters, not the Mountain West. We're talking about across the country. And he was also a first-team All-American. I mean, what else can you say about this dude? This dude has been a beast his entire career, has been an excellent representative of CSU athletics, and just a really cool story. I mean, to be as consistently dominant as he has been, especially given all of the weird circumstances and the pandemic. And I mean, I know, you know, if you're a track athlete, you can kind of run anywhere, but there's, there's something about being around your team and and training together and competing together that I think kind of pushes you for, so for him to have the drive and, and and continue to push himself and get better over the last year and a half, where you maybe didn't necessarily have all the same resources available. I think it's just a testament to his work ethic. And obviously he is, he is very much deserving of the award and uh, everybody in Ram Nation is very proud of him. Laura DeVos uh, from Women's Basketball was named the Virginia K. Frank Award winner. That is g- given to the most outstanding female athlete. She had a really, really good season. Um, one of those people that gets it done on and off the court. She was CSU's leading scorer with 13 points a game, also the leading rebounder at 7.1 rebounds per game. Has a little bit of Nikola Jokic to her game, you know, Shifty with the footwork, really savvy in the paint, a good passer, a good rebounder. Awesome stuff. Uh, as far as the, the classroom awards go, the top female and male academic achievers, uh, the Merrill Green Award and the Mensimer Memorial Award, respectively, were given to Adam Thistlewood of the men's basketball team and Emily Lushwager of the tennis team. Thistlewood is a business administration major with a concentration in information systems. He has a 3.62 GPA. Lou Schwanger carries a 3.9 GPA, and she's pursuing a degree in statistics with a concentration in mathematical statistics and double minors in econ and mathematics. My goodness, that just sounds difficult. That just, like, I don't even know how she balances all of that from a school perspective, let alone being an athlete. Same goes with Adam Thistlewood. I mean, this dude has been getting it done in and off the court since he's been at CSU. Great team leader. Great kid all around. Um, congratulations to all, all of the Rams that we just went through that earned those various awards. Definitely well-deserving. And thank you to Kyle Neves of CSU Athletics for providing uh, such great information on them all. Keeping the ball rolling, keeping the news moving. CSU football, the women's soccer team announced the addition of a couple of players. First-year head coach Keely Hagan announced that Amanda Green, a goalkeeper, is transferring in from Arizona State. They are also adding freshman Lauren Wheeler. Brings the uh, roster, the newcomer count to 11, including the uh, 10 freshmen that will be on the roster. Green is a 5'11 goalie, comes to CSU from Arizona State. That's where she played for her first three seasons. She only played uh, in two total games due to injuries. But she did get her first career win against UTEP, which was 3-1, also at a 4-0 shutout over Siena. In high school, she was regarded as one of the best goalkeepers coming out of Arizona. She had the best goals against average in her junior and Caesar. Oh my goodness, in her junior and senior season at Desert Vista High School, which is a Phoenix-based program. Seems like a really great addition. Obviously, goalkeepers kind of been 
a strong suit for CSU over the last couple of years. So the fact that they were able to add a quality transfer from Arizona State seems like a, a really good addition. Also added Wheeler, like I said, as a freshman. She is a five foot seven defender from San Diego and Del Norte High School. She was a four year starter there, part of uh, two Palomar League championships. This past season, she actually helped her team capture the program's first CIF San Diego D1 championship and a CIF Southern California regional semifinals appearance. I'll be honest, I don't know what any of those mean, but if it's the first you know, time you've done so, that's impressive. She only missed one game in their 19 games total. She had six assists, one goal, uh, but defense is her primary background. Looking forward to seeing you know, what CSU football looks in the, in the new era, the Keeley Wheeler era. Um, Keely Hagen era, excuse me, combined her name with Lauren Wheeler, the freshman that they're adding. Anyways, obviously, you know, first season post Bill Hempen, it'll be interesting to see what type of success they're able to have. They're going to have a lot of freshmen. They're going to be a pretty young team, but the, the future is bright. Obviously, there's a ton of talent that comes out of this state when it comes to soccer. Um, I'm hoping that they're able to kind of take it to the next level, especially as, you know, hopefully we get that women's sports facility you know, hopefully they break ground on that within the next year or two because they they really do. It's going to help them immensely when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to just the way that the program is viewed on a national basis. I mean, their playing surface is is significantly improved now. They used to play over on the lagoon. I mean, it wasn't even a real soccer field. At least they have a legit playing surface now practicing where the football team used to practice before the completion of the on-campus stadium. But still, I mean, it's basically just in the open field. There's not really any seating or anything. I don't just uh, feels kind of small time. It, it, it really does. CSU football, they have begun sales for the road games this year. You can get pretty affordable tickets for all of the games. Obviously, um, five road games that are pretty affordable. Hawaii is not really going to be possible, given that they're playing in a smaller stadium this year. It only holds about 30,000, I imagine. Uh, getting in there will be pretty limited. The uh, the ticket cost for the Toledo game twenty seven bucks. If you can get out to Idaho, twenty seven bucks there. Fifty bucks for Iowa. Forty dollars for Utah State. Twenty seven for New Mexico and fifty five for Wyoming. Sheesh, expensive for a trip to Laramie, but obviously going to be a lot of interest in that game. Pokes going to want to try and bring the bronze boot back to Laramie. If we're talking, you know, bang for our buck, I think we got to power rate it. Iowa at $50 just for a chance to go in a Big Ten stadium. That's not too bad. It is kind of expensive to travel out there as I am finding out, trying to figure out my own situation. Uh, New Mexico for $27 is is low-key, a really great deal. You can stay in Albuquerque for cheap. It's not that bad of a drive. The food is tremendous. The caveat is their stadium is a dump. It's probably the worst in the Mountain West. It's old. There's it's ugly. There's not much to it. It does have a decent view, especially as the sun's setting. You can kind of look out over all of Albuquerque. So I don't know. I have a soft spot in my heart for Albuquerque, even though my car's been broken into twice down there. I just, I love the food. I think it's a fun experience. I, I just think it's a cool town. 40 bucks for Utah State's not bad either. You know, Logan, Utah, one of my favorite towns in the Mountain West to go to. Absolutely gorgeous. Kind of a pain to get to if you're driving just because if you're coming through Wyoming, you got to drive all the way across Wyoming. It's like the middle of nowhere. And then you got a really mountainous drive coming into Utah. That can be a little bit sketch at times. I got caught in a rainstorm one time and I 
genuinely thought I was going to die in the middle of nowhere and they weren't nobody was going to be able to find me. But once you get there, Logan is gorgeous. The Utah State fans are really, really passionate. I would say probably the best student section in the Mountain West. I know that the show or whatever, San Diego State, their Twitter is cute and all that, but they don't have nearly the passion that Utah State does, especially if we're talking about for all their sports. San Diego State, they're passionate about basketball. They support the basketball program. Nobody gives a a damn about that football team. Nobody. Utah State, their fans show up for everything, man. And, And I just think it's a cool town. Obviously fairly affordable. You can stay there for not that expensive. So if uh, if you're looking to be a road ram this year, there are going to be some fun opportunities, a little bit affordable. I'm just excited for college football to be back, and I know all of you guys are too. All right, we are going to end this episode with a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news. We're going to start with the bad news. Ben Pinkelman, a legendary CSU rugby alum, is unfortunately going to miss the Olympics. He made the rugby sevens team, was supposed to represent the U.S. in Tokyo. Back injury is going to prevent that from happening. And you really just got to feel for him. I mean, I definitely send my my condolences. It's it's heartbreaking to see somebody miss this opportunity because the Olympics, it's it's just such a different scenario. You know, it's not like you're you're missing a regular season game or something. I mean, these only happen every four years. And we already got delayed a year, you know, because of COVID-19. Their windows to be able to compete are just so small. And, you know, I really hope that he didn't miss his one shot, you know, that, well, he already competed in, in 2016, but I hope he didn't miss his next shot, you know, final shot to compete in the Olympics. So uh, all of Ram Nation, make sure you're keeping Ben Pinkelman in your thoughts because that's uh, really disappointing. That said, it's not all bad news when it comes to the Olympics. Lauren Gale of CSU Track and Field Jr., was named to the 4x400-meter relay team for Team Canada. She's only 21 years old. She's the youngest of 57 athletes named to represent Team Canada. This is a quote from her in the press release. Although I knew I was up there in the top four, it was still kind of a surprise as there were also a few super good hurdlers in contention. However, it was still very exciting. I was on the porch with my parents when I saw the notification. We just got happy and started jumping around. My mom started crying and I was like, no, girl, if you cry, I'm going to cry. So it was an exciting time. If you followed Gail throughout her career, she's been absolutely dominant. She owns records in the indoor and outdoor for the 400. She cracked a personal record of 52.76 in the championships at the peak, which pitted her against an all Pac-12 field in the final. She's reestablished her outdoor record three different times. Just an absolute beast. Really cool opportunity. Uh, One more quote. It was exciting to be so close, but it was also nice to get a few more days off and refocus on training for the Olympics. I think having a little bit of time off and continuing to train was a blessing. She ultimately did miss the NCAA championships, so that's what she's referencing there. She had a little bit of time to focus on the Olympics. Bummer she didn't get to compete in the NCAAs, but I think you would trade that for the Olympics. So really cool, really awesome to see CSU Rams representing on you know, such a massive level. I mean, the Olympics, that's a big deal. That's the best of the best. And it's not surprising because they run a top quality track and field program up here in Fort Collins. So shout out to Lauren Gale, Ben Pinkelman. We are thinking of you. We're all still proud of you. Everybody knows that you made the team really unfortunate that you're not going to be able to compete, but your future is certainly bright. And I hope we can get you on the Rams pod here pretty soon. I know 
Uh, my buddy Colton Ruggler, or my goodness, Colton Strickler of DNVR Rugby has has been in conversation. So hopefully we will get on that soon. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That is what is happening in Agland at the moment. Um, we'll be back with more content throughout the week. Make sure you're keeping up with all of our written content. It's really going to ramp up as we approach football season. You know, features, previews, statistical breakdowns, all of that stuff. We're going to have some film stuff. Going to get Andre Simone, our draft guru, on and get his opinion on some guys. So a lot of fun stuff happening. It's a fun time to be a DNVR member. Fun time to be a CSU Ram fan. And man... I'm really excited for college football. All right, that's all we have for today. Hope everyone is having a lovely week. Hope everyone enjoys the All-Star game. Stay safe out there. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.